I I was actually telling I was telling my therapist about this the other day that I don't have imposter syndrome when it comes to work. Like maybe I'm overly confident in my communications capabilities. I don't I don't feel worried. Where I actually have imposter syndrome is with my friends. Like, mm. do I actually feel worthy of their love? And that that's where I get hung up because then I'm trying to think, do they do they actually love me? Like, am I worthy of their love? Am I working as hard as I could to be with them or be present or connect with them? That's where I get imposter syndrome. <laughs> This is Our Daily Red, a podcast during which we drink a bottle of red wine. It's my birthday. We talk about something we've read today. Only things I want to talk about. (laughs) And so maybe we won't get into a provocative conversation. No, we will not be getting into a provocative conversation. That's Ashley. It's me. And that's Barker. And uh, the kids are asleep. Oh, no, 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 no. No. They're, They're in bed. They're upstairs. They're upstairs. Probably, definitely not asleep. Def- well, the second one looks like she was headed off to Slumberland. The second one, or the older one, was doing her homework. Homework? At 820 at night? Which we, we had told her to do hours ago. Mm. Yeah. Well, on to what's more important. Uh, we are, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say what are we drinking, because I know what we're drinking, because I went down to the basement and dank cellar luxury cellar the luxury cellar and grab something now i don't have anything in my cellar that is from 40 years ago oh, should i say that was i allowed to say that yeah it's okay okay i'm okay about or it 30 or 20 but um we did go for a decade thing so i have a decades old bottle when i turn 30 it is from one of the first wineries you and i visited together yeah and started that wine it's really special to us uh, a winery called Laventure from the Paso Robles. Is that the right way to say it? The French way? How would you say it like as as a French speaker? L'Aventure. Ooh, yeah. That was nicer. Which means... You should stick with that. The Adventure. The Adventure. And this is a bottle of wine that you could only obtain if you were a wine club member at that winery. They made very, very little of it. Yep. The winemaker, Stefan... I almost said like a German. Yeah, you Stefan. did say it German. Stefan, no. Stefan. Sorry. Yeah, it's exactly. We're, we're not in Germany anymore. Um, he calls this one for her. Aww. And he's referring to Beatrice, his wife. Aww. Made this one for her. It is a red blend of Syrah, Monastrel, and Ooh. Viognier. I can't remember if this is the, one of the ones where they thought they were getting Graciano or something different and they accidentally got different wines. No, they had tried to plant Grenache and got Graciano. It was a, it was definitely, it was a G. Okay. But the, mo, the what is it again? Monastrel. Monastrel. Maybe that's, the, maybe. I, I definitely think it was Graciano. Several of the wineries in Paso, kind of of the same ilk, had ordered from some purveyor of grape vines, what have you, and they all thought that they were getting one varietal, and it ended up, they put it in the ground, they grew it, and then when they harvested it, they're like, whoa, wait a minute, that's not what this is. But you don't think this, this is this is this wine? No, that was more recent. It wasn't 2013. 
It could have been. In any case, uh, this is a big wine. Uh, 16% alcohol. Oh, geez. Which I think they put on there because basically they put the number, anything bigger than the number 16, they have to consider it like a fortified wine. Okay. or like a, I should get some water. But it is 10 this. years old. It's 10 years old, so maybe it's been tamed for a little bit. It's a 2013. And... Uh, I mean, I think that's the real love and tour when drinking this wine is how is it going to hit? It's so good, though. I mean, that's the thing is, is like you can't be mad about it. Because it's always good. And we were members. Are we still members? I don't remember. Oh, my gosh. That knows. It, you, I'm, I'm, I'm totally transported to Paso Robles. God. How does it's it do that? Because it even has almost an ocean air quality to it. Like, how does it smell like the Pacific Ocean over dusty hillsides? I would like to think if I didn't know what this was and you just poured something for me and put it in this glass, I would like to think that I would know that this was a Paso Robles wine. You would just by looking at it. Again, this is another black, inky wine. Super purple. Looks very witchy. It's so dark. I mean, this is, there's almost no color to it. It will coat your tongue. It smells so, I mean, even with this, unending cold i can smell it and it smells so good all right here we go for the first sip what what do you think i've only had it open for about 30 minutes it could probably stand to be open and aired out for a little bit it still feels tight the wine maker notes say that this could be drunk for uh 20 plus years. 20? And so we're only 10 years out from when it was harvested. How is it so 10 years old and it tastes tight? I already oh, we'll feel see how hungover. that goes. In the, you already feel what? <laughs> I already feel hungover. <laughs> um, there's there's getting... no rule of wine club. The first rule of wine club is no. Of like our daily red is you don't have to finish the whole bottle. No, I don't think I will. I'm, it, it's so good, but I think this is definitely a two nighter. Like let's drink the other half tomorrow night or something. Because I remember the last time what was it a close salon that we did, and the next morning you and I woke up and we're like, oh, we need. Tacos. You know, I'll be honest. <laughs> we 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 love this winery. We have since two thousand six. The first time we went there. Yeah. It is your B day, which it's... happens to fall on a Monday after Thanksgiving. So it's like really not like a rad day to have a birthday. No, definitely not. Everybody's however, back at work, back at school, back at the grind. You're I like, would but say, me. however, there's a full moon tonight. Full moon in Gemini. The beaver moon. The beaver moon. So I'm very, uh, I, I mean, for my friends who know that I'm really into astrology, like, so full moons usually for a lot of people can be very energy sapping. A lot of people have a hard time going to sleep. They have really high emotions. A lot of people just feel kind of frazzled during full moons. That is, uh, not 
my case, I, I have a hard time sleeping during full moons, but it's because if I wake up in the middle of the night and I see the moonlight coming in, I'm like, ah, I stand at the window and I just, I want to like moon bathe. I love the I positive love talk you're giving right now, but wasn't it also on a full moon that night many years ago that our house was broken into and you tried to get the cops to show up and they're like, sorry, we're busy, full moon. Yeah, that, I mean, and that was... <laughs> <laughs> I did say that. I said that to the 911 dispatcher. It was my third time calling Seattle PD to go, where the fuck are the cops? My house has been broken into. And, and my door's di- been kicked down. Yeah, the door's yeah. been kicked down. I'm here with my kid. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And the dispatcher goes, oh, well, you know, tonight's a full moon, so the boys really have their hand full. And I was like, look, lady, normally I subscribe to that kind of stuff, but (laughs) not today. (laughs) Like, my house has been broken into. Get someone down here. So I think it's kind of how I feel about uh, antibiotics and penicillin, like, Witchy herbology is oh, great I love to a that certain hazel, point. Witch hazel and the wormwort yeah, or no. whatever it is until my fucking shit hurts. Now just put in the epidural. Yeah, just just do it. It's like the the you know the ear infection that Ella's had when we were in Germany, and the German doctors were like, "Saute some onions," and I'm like, "No, sir." I'm not resting my child's head over sautéed onions. No. <laughs> give us give us the antibiotics. Like, I want the amoxicillin. I love home remedies, homeopathic remedies, until my kid's in fucking pain. Just, yeah. give me, just, just inject them with whatever. Yeah, and that's how I felt that night in Seattle when our house got broken into. I was like, full moon, schmull moon. Like, just have the cops show up. That's how I feel about my vegetarianism. Yeah. I do not want to eat animals, but fuck that bacon smells good. Give me a piece. I know. You can't resist a short rib. (laughs) Exactly. All right. I'm going in for another sip. It's a little bitter on the back palate, but I think it's starting to open up. Well, maybe that's how Beatrice is. Maybe she's a little bitter on the back palate. Maybe she's a little tight. I don't know. I've I've only met met, her once. We've met her and she seemed lovely. There's no, I'm going to speak no ill words of Stefan and his beautiful family. (laughs) All right, let's do this. Okay, so here's the deal. Okay. Normally, we will segue so smoothly, so suavely, so. effortlessly into a segment about what we've read today it's usually so suave it's masterful yeah there's usually like a little guitar interlude that happens oh that'll happen you just talked over it way to go oopsies instead of what we've read today and i'll tell you that ashley has been reading up a storm she's been juggling books if you can do that juggling books but i kind of feel like i've returned to normalcy it feels so good this is a special birthday episode, though. Yep. And what we like to do with our daughters, at least, maybe we, I don't know if we've done it. We haven't you done with Tibby. Oh, and we haven't or, done with me. Yeah. Yeah, with or you, you or with me. But we definitely have done it with our eldest daughter. She loves it. Is we do a version of the Proust questionnaire. Yep. What's the Proust questionnaire? Well, who is Marcel Proust? I don't know. Yes, I do. Is he okay. the snail? Marcel the Shell, the snail, the guy. I never watched that, but I'm it looks kidding. cute. No, Marcel Proust was a French novelist who, for some reason, from a very early age, 
and I'm going to screw this up. I don't know the history. Like either he was recorded or he was he did it himself in a notebook. Every year of his life from a very young age, he would ask himself the same set of questions and then look at how that uh, changed over time. Like imagine, you know, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a fireman, right? And then like now you're 18, you're saying, I'd like to be a architectural engineer. You know, how does that change? How does it, what does that tell you about yourself? I think maybe in popular culture, I think some people know the movie Little Miss Sunshine, where Steve Carell, who was the uh, suicidal uncle. uncle to Little Miss Sunshine, was purportedly in that movie the America's foremost expert on Marcel Proust. I think he was supposed to be the second foremost. Well, he asserted he was, but it was his ex-lover or something. Who left for who the foremost Proust scholar. Was, there was somebody else. Yeah, there was somebody else yeah. out there who was more noted. Maybe Steve Carell's character was the best. It's supposed to be absurd. Other, it was supposed to be absurd. But the other yeah. character was getting more notif- notoriety for it, whether he was smarter. Or, and also... Being the America's foremost expert on Marcel Proust is not something to aspire no. to, just to be clear. I know about the Proust questionnaire because for many years, and I don't know if they still do it, Vanity Fair, the magazine, with the Vanity Fair magazine, which is obsessed with like the Kennedy family and celebrity and whatnot, the second to last page in the magazine was always a Proust questionnaire with some celebrity or author or whatnot asking them a modified version. So that's the version I know. Well, you know, and they've been doing a version of that with Billie Eilish for the last five, six years. They've been revisiting her? Yeah, and they have a video of her. And I think the last time they did it, they showed her clips of her first one. Really? Yeah, and so she was responding where she goes, yeah, that that's... A, she's like, looking at that person that almost looks like a different person, their answers are completely different than what I would give today. I, It's pretty cool to that's watch. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so it's more of a questionnaire that's more about trend than anything. It's about watching yourself over time and how you mature, how you grow. Benchmarking, if you will. Which is why we thought it was fun to do with our eldest daughter starting when she was four, maybe three. I know, where are we collecting all of those answers, though? I don't know. Some of them mm. were on, like webcam footage some of them i like typed out we have uh, not done a, we have not done a good job yeah we gotta put we're that not together. archivists by any stretch no, of the imagination we're really bad at that no uh this particular podcast will live on the internet forever yeah so i was thinking like look the questionnaire the, the questionnaire has like whatever two dozen 30 questions something like that so we're not gonna get through them all okay ask me only the good ones I'm just going to read a few questions until you say, like, stop. Like, I, I want to answer that one. Okay. Okay. So here are some, just so you get a sense of some of these questions. Um, what is your idea of perfect happiness? What is your greatest fear? What is a trait that you most deplore in yourself? Okay, I'll take that one. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. What is a trait you most deplore in yourself? I hate that I have the ability to offend people without really meaning to to hurt their feelings okay so that tells me you have offended people without meaning to hurt their feelings do you ever mean to hurt anybody's feelings yes okay (laughs) i don't feel bad about those times no i do not but there are definitely times where if i've hurt someone's feelings and i don't mean to 
that really, it makes me feel so bad. And it makes me feel so regretful because uh, I often don't think about it. And I think it's one of the negative signs of being a Sagittarius slash Virgo. Uh, I say Virgo because both my moon and my rising signs are Virgo, that I can be a very effective communicator. And sometimes it, it kind of gets ahead of my intentions. And I don't like that personality trait because I really don't, I actually really don't want to hurt people's feelings. So is that a personality? Would you call that a, a personality trait or would you call that like, because it's something you can change, right? I don't know if I can. Oh. I'd love to. I don't know if I can. I think it's there. Hmm. I don't know. I'd love to. Because I don't, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. And like, in the words of Dolly Parton, if anyone has not listened to uh, Dolly Parton's America, the podcast with Jab Abumrad, like, stop listening to this shit. Right no, no, away. no, 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 wait. Switch to that one. No, 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 wait until after this. And okay, then start that. Listen one. to that one because it's it's good. But she does talk about you know when they the in the episode about. Uh, Dixie's uh, Dixie Stampede, the restaurant performance thing that she owns. Oh, it's like a medieval times, but where based you, during where the you Civil eat War, a meal and you yeah. watch a show. Yeah, but instead of knights jousting like at medieval it's times, the North versus the it's South. the North versus the South. And I did go to yeah. that with my family, my dad's side of the family in Myrtle Beach when they had a location. What kind of food do they serve? Southern, like fried grits. chicken, grits, collards, sweet tea. Fried green tomatoes? I don't think they had that. Because oh, okay. those are pretty delicate. Like those are fried green tomatoes. Those are kind of hard to serve at mass, at scale. Mm, she shows her culinary unknowledge yet again. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I did go to it as a kid coming from California, and I remember thinking, this is kind of weird. Any, uh, anyways, in the podcast, there's a reporter, and I, I can't remember if she was from, with New Yorker or um, The Atlantic or whatever, but this woman basically did a story about how it was racist. And as soon as it was brought to light, Dolly immediately made a bunch of changes. She, You're right. And what it, what was it she said? Like, I didn't mean to. Like, she I don't- says, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to make anybody feel bad. That's not what I am here to do. I want to make people feel good. I don't want to make them feel bad. So if it's more important to them that I change the name and change my business, that's all the matter. Because it doesn't matter to me, but it matters to them. And that It's kind of like the whole conversation over like using someone's pronouns. It's like, I'm going to pitch a fit because you want to be called them. You know what? doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. It matters me. to you. Yes. And so I want to do right by you. Yeah. If if that's a big deal to you, okay, let's do it. And, I, and I've had to apply. You know what? You know what? So, so you're bringing this up about a trait in yourself. I don't think I can. I disagree. I think if somebody stopped you in your tracks and said, hey, that thing you just said or that way you just talked to me, I don't, you know, I feel... Whatever, put down. I feel marginalized. Whatever it is, you would adjust. You have the you have the ability to adjust that. 
Now, you might do that again in a different puddle. Yeah. I might step in that puddle. I might step in that puddle. But yeah. if you step in a puddle one time and someone says, hey, don't step in that puddle again, you have the ability not to do yeah. that. Yeah. And that, that, is, that is true for me. I, I do take the, as much as I make jokes on this podcast about not wanting negative feedback. Like, I do take feedback and I do make changes and I do think about different people. I think the problem is, is when I meet new people or come into new scenarios and it's kind of un, you know, unknown terrain for me. But that's one of the things that makes you lovable is you come in unguarded. Like if you come in like, like you're already walking on eggshells in a brand new room, you should walk into a brand new room being like, Hey, I'm welcome here. You're welcome here. Let's do this thing. Like if you yeah. walk into a new brand new room, and you perceive eggshells all over the floor, then you're not going to be, I'm sorry to use this term, everybody, your authentic self. Like, you're going to be a guarded, you know, like, yeah. different. Uh, so, you know what? I think that is nice self-reflection on your part. I think that it is something that maybe has happened over time, but that you have the power to affect. Maybe. <laughs> well i want to be better i don't want to hurt people's feelings well that's all that matters you yeah. you try yeah what is the trait you most deplore in others so this is the seg from the last answer inauthenticity in oh, others oof. it really mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. It is a deal breaker for me. Like, and it, it, and and as you know, if I know someone is duplicitous, they are not genuine, they fake emotions or reactions, I have no time for them. And I don't bear them ill will to a degree. Like, I'm not going out and talking shit about them. I'm not being like, that's just not somebody you want to be around. I don't want to be around you. So I don't let's, have let's, any interest in having a conversation with you because I know it's actually, it's like a total waste of everybody's time. Say more about what it means for someone to be inauthentic. Like, what are they doing? Are they, are they trying to be somebody they're not? Are they trying to put on airs to please somebody else? Like, what are they doing? All of the above. All of the above. All of the above. And it, and it, there's different versions of this, right? Like, there's this super fake, like, hey, how are you? It's so good to see you. That person who's just overly exuberant. You go, I know you're not this fucking excited to see me. Like, <laughs> bring the volume down. It's that. Or it's also the person who says shit that you know they don't actually think or feel. And then I'm kind of like, okay, I can't, I don't trust you. Like, and I think that yeah. maybe that's what it comes down to. But you had to understand that every time someone does that, it's because they have shit going on. Totally. Like nobody actually wants to be inauthentic. They're doing that uh, to an end. Like I'm masking something or I'm trying to achieve something. I'm I'm faking it till I'm making it or whatever it is. Like they're, they're doing it for a reason they perceive to be um, necessary or, or, you know, like, and, I mean, in the industry that you and I both work in, which is communications, politics, public affairs, that's the trade, right? Like, to a degree, the trade is very much putting on persona, saying the talking points, building relationships with people you probably do not give a shit about. Well, where do you draw the line on that stuff then? Like, hey, uh, you're being inauthentic. 
you put on a nice top today and you did your makeup and your hair for this Zoom meeting where I know you didn't you weren't going to do that otherwise. Well, I don't care about that. Okay. Visual appearances to me don't it's the way you connect with other people. I I don't know, you tell me. I think I actually have a pretty sharp radar on inauthenticity. And I immediately have I ever been I've never been inauthentic with you, have I? No, if anything, you've been too authentic. What does that mean? I don't need all of you all the time. <laughs> Maybe like a little bit of like veneer would be cool. <laughs> no, you've not. And and I think some of our really good friends uh I've I I was actually telling I was telling my therapist about this the other day that I don't have imposter syndrome when it comes to work. Like maybe I'm overly confident in my communications capabilities. I don't I don't feel worried. Where I actually have imposter syndrome is with my friends. Like mm. do I actually feel worthy of their love? And that that's where I get hung up. Because then I'm trying to think, do they do they actually love me? Like, am I worthy of their love? Am I working as hard as I could to be with them or be present or connect with them? That's where I get imposter syndrome. Mm. And I think for the people that I uh, don't feel they're authentic, that's where I'm just like, I don't have energy for you. I don't have time for you because I'm so focused on wanting to be I want to focus on my energy on other people and maybe that's what it comes down to is like energy preservation it's just it's like it's not worth it to me to expel energy on a person that I don't think is giving the energy that I'm looking for I, I think know. it's fair I think that's like I think that's like a the, you know an interview question where they're like what is your greatest weakness and you're like my greatest weakness is my greatest strength. Like I, I don't have time for fuckers. Like that's a pretty. I don't. It's, a, it's, a, it's a fine. It's a fine. It's, you're saying. Well, I guess this was not about what you de- not deplore in yourself. This is more about the trait you deplore in other people. But the point is, like, it's an okay. It's an okay thing to say. Like, I got limited time. I got limited bandwidth. And if you want to be fake. Maybe you have good reason to do that. I don't know, but I don't have time in my day for that. I don't have time for it. All right. Proust questionnaire. I love it. Uh, I'm going to read another few in rapid fire and you just stop me. It's like like, it's like a game show. Okay, let's do it. All right. Which living person do you most admire? What is your greatest extravagance? What is your current state of mind? What do you consider the most overrated virtue? On what occasion do you lie? Okay. Wh- which the, one are we stopping on? Let's talk about the virtue one. Okay. What is the most, what do you consider the most overrated virtue? Now you're going to have to back up for me. Is there a list of virtues? I know the seven deadly sins. What are the, what are the virtues? Is, is it a finite list of virtues? What are virtues? Like- uh, there are seven virtues. Are there? I don't know. I was going to. What the, did, what did you think of when you heard that question? I mean, I thought patience because you know, patience, patience is, is a like virtue. Bir- patience is a bird poo. Come on, that I've said that to you. I know patience is like bird poo. 
I think patience is good, <laughs> but patience can also be a thing that stalls progress and leadership if you're constantly sitting and waiting for someone else to do something on your behalf or move things along without your engagement like it feels like patience is something you tell someone when you're like go 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 over there go over to the corner like no 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 not not your turn you're avoiding the situation or you're not you're not taking ownership of a situation yeah, patience isn't something you impose upon yourself, except if you've been told over and over again by an authority figure, be patient. No, your time will come. Yeah, exactly. There's a you there's know? a level of patience, especially when it's mixed with cunning. Then that's where oh the, the whole like uh, what is it best served cold uh, revenge is best served yeah, cold yeah exactly okay like yeah. if you're super cunning. <laughs> Patience isn't going to feel slow. It's going to feel very methodical. Yes. But if I'm thinking about the person... you like that idea. Oh, I, lo- I wish I had that ability. <laughs> I do not because I, I don't have a lot of patience. And so I think that there is a level of patience where someone's just like moving so slowly and they're looking at all of the options without making a decision that I'm just like, ugh, just do it. Just go. It's definitely a, a the solution is shit or get off the pot. And that's spoken like my Polish mother. Yeah, exactly. I I definitely feel that way. What was the one before the virtue? Nope. You passed it. Okay. It, let's no, keep it was going. it was what is your current state of mind? Oh but, no. Bah, that's, that's, that's a two of a wide open that's bag boring. of worms or beans. My current or state of wine is I'll have another sip of wine. You just said my current state of wine. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Which living person do you most despise? Donald that's Trump. Landmine. Okay, fine. What is a quality you most like in a man? Uh, let's not address that because that'll be me. Uh, what is the quality you most like in a woman? Which words or phrases do you most overuse? Ugh, That's, I could probably answer that better than you can answer I think that. you could. And actually, after listening to podcast episodes. I, oh, of the um and the all those things? The filler's not what's making me crazy. It's the... Ugh, I just said it. I can tell you mine because I've listened to this yeah, recording. Yeah, what is it? Here's the deal. Uh, I apparently say that a lot. Yeah. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> well, oh, not actually, but the truth is, or there's something I say when I'm leading into a statement or a declaration, and I've heard myself say it on this on past episodes of this podcast, and I'm like, God, I so I sound so pedantic. What people who listen Oof. to this podcast tell me what it is. Yeah, let us know what Ashley is saying too frequently, Ugh. and I guarantee you that I have edited out fifty percent of those same phrases. I hope so, but I can't place it right now. Okay, I'm gonna skip this forward for this one. What or who is the greatest love of your life? That's me. Okay, Obviously. my next question. Um, when and where? Were you the happiest? Which talent would you most like to have? If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Okay, let's go back to the talent one. Okay, which talent would you most like to have? I wish I could play music by ear. Really, of all the talents, 
you could be juggling uh, chainsaws. No, you... I don't want that one at all. No, okay. I I wish I I wish that I was more talented. I I wish I was a more talented musician. I loved playing. I played piano for twelve years, and I loved it because. Why do you keep saying twelve years? Because I played it from when I was eight to twenty. Yeah, but that's we have a piano, years. and you play it from time oh, to time. Oh, I should been say, playing a piano. Yeah, when I say twelve years, is I was taking lessons. Under instructions, I because even when I was in college, I would go back and take lessons from my instructor. Renee. So you took instruction for twelve years, but you have continued to sit and play at a yeah, piano. Yeah, I just I I don't I don't think I'm very talented at it. I can't just look at a sheet of music and go, oh, yeah, there you go. Or I can't hear a song and play it. Like, I, I just, will tell you. I can't do it. I simply don't understand that. Something that you have played a thousand times or two, whatever it is. Yeah. A piece of music that you have in front of you annotated that you have, you've done it, good or bad, but you've done it. The fact that you can't then just like close your eyes and do it. I could at one point by muscle memory. I could. I you. I did, because when I. But you're. But you don't. You're not even willing to try to do it. Like you won't even try right now. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I, I would. I would love if you just didn't even put the music up there. Yeah. And just said, "Can I remember which notes are where? Where do my fingers go? Can I do this? Just feel it. I. I. I don't understand yeah. that at all. How you don't you? You're not even willing to try. I I could if I wanted to. Maybe I'll try. You just said you this. wanted to. No, I, my issue is more like why can't I hear a song and go, oh? Because you never try. Have you ever tried? To yes, say you have. Yeah. In the past two decades. When I was actively playing the piano and way more comfortable with the keyboard and the notes. Yeah. I would try and I I couldn't do it. I just what's I don't, the one you play all the time? Do, 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 That's Furious. Yeah, like that one. I've heard you. I've personally heard you uh, play it. I don't know two hundred times. It's amazing to me that you couldn't just throw the music aside and be like, I can at least do this part. This part on my own without even needing music. Oh, there, yeah, there's certainly pa- there there's uh parts of that that I can absolutely play. The the cha- uh and when I when I qualified for the bleh, national piano something something <laughs> little miss sunshine I, piano competition. Yeah, I had yeah. to do something. No, it was like a real certification where I could play at county le- I, I Little Miss Sunshine was a real contest. <laughs> I know it was it was a piano I don't remember what but basically I had to learn a certain level of music play it all by memory no sheet music I basically had to walk in and hand the sheet music over to the judge I couldn't look at anything and then how well I played and the level of you know the challenge of which I played the music that would determine was I you know amateur city county state national whatever and so i i was there qual- something about that experience that scarred you where you're like I, di- I didn't feel rewarded and i'm never gonna do that again it's just it wasn't why i played the piano hmm. for me piano was always about just letting just as kind of a conduit for creative energy and you know a lot of just emotion that i had as a 
it became a thing that was like kind of my version of therapy and piano for me was never it was never going to be competitive it was never going to be performative it was never but you're saying right now you wish that that's the I talent wish you I, wish you I do wish better. I had had that talent but I but I would also say and I think that's one of the terms I overuse on this podcast by the way but I would also say <laughs> uh, but I would also say I think you're right uh, that I I loved it for what it was and what it served, but I wish that I was more talented and I could have done more with that piano training. I think there's a lot packed into this because is there talent or is there just practice? Is there talent? I mean, yeah, I, I think guess. it was just practice. I don't I don't think I'm a super talented piano player. I I don't think I'm a talented musician. Well, I'm saying, but like, is talent even a thing? Yes, I think at some point it becomes you. Yes, I think you can be the most practiced piano player, but if you don't have natural talent, it does. It's not going to give you that magic. Hmm. And I just I don't. That's not me. I wish that I had had that, but I'm also okay with what piano did for me as a teenager. Where would you most like to live? What is your most treasured possession? What do you regard as the lowest depth of misery? Ugh. Wow. Okay. You, you don't want to answer that one, do you? Let's the, do it. The lowest depth of misery? That's the. I was like, what's your most treasured possession? Oh, tell me about your like gold-plated hairbrush or whatever it is. No, you're like, what do you regard as the lowest depth of misery that's the one you're like let's do this thing okay my most treasured possession. no 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 no. it didn't speak to you nope don't waste time on that because it's so hard i think that one's it's like also silly it's a materialism it's kind thing, of a thing blah, yeah blah, blah, blah. i do love my plaid overcoat from anthropology that i get compliments on all the time <laughs> shallow it's a shallow question it's not it is a shallow yeah, question yeah, yeah. Gave you a shallow answer. There you go. Um, I think one as a communications professional, speaking very clearly from a, and you know this, is review by committee is, I think, one of the lowest levels of Dante's Inferno. The worst experience, and I think so many communications professionals out there have had this experience where you're on a conference call and some bozo wants to review what you've written on the conference call going word by word, Oof. line by line, and you're supposed to be sitting there making edits while they're verbally giving you these cues with everyone watching. It is the worst. You know it. I can see your face. You're flushed. Like, just I don't thinking even know where it. to start. On You're, it, it's like here's what I'm gonna say. It's if you, miserable. If you ever get asked as a professional to give your thoughts on a particular work product, do not immediately gravitate toward the commas and oh. the, the word choice. That makes you look small ball, and anybody could oh, do that. Don't do it. Think big, please. Try to think big. Why am I being asked for my input here? What value do I have? 
Does is it achieve anything, the goal? Is there anything not on the page yes. that's missing? Huh. Have you forgotten this whole aspect? Have you forgotten this audience? Is there a question that's not answered in is the document? Is there a massive red flag Think that big, we should And you're going to look of. like a genius. You're going to look yes. smart. You're going to look like value add. If you get in there and you're like... All I can think about right now is like, oh, does that verb, uh, you know, belong uh, with that modifier? Oh, uh, oh, wait. D- do we believe in a serial comma or not a serial comma? That's just, that's just so small time. It makes you look very small. Like, I don't know how to comment on anything uh, with substance, but just with like nitpickiness. I think my blood pressure is rising this instant just thinking about all of those moments where you just want to like, and the worst is not necessarily when you're doing doc reviews where it's kind of like the docs going back and forth or you're doing a Google doc. The worst is when it's literally on a conference call and you're on video and you're supposed to be sitting there like a fucking, you know, transcriber, like, and there's nothing of value being provided to you in that moment. And you, but you can't really say anything because you're supposed to be like open to feedback and, you know, talking to your stakeholders and all this bullshit. And you're just like, no, I don't want to do this. I had this recently in a shared Google Doc when there were like a half a dozen people just all in there editing. And I'm trying to like, Think holistically about the flow and does it include everything? And people are just like, delete, 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 right, right, undo, delete, blah, blah, blah. like what is, and I was like, please, everybody stop. Yeah. Everybody stop. Yeah. Just give me a hot second to look at the thing holistically, think about is everything here that we need to be here, is something missing? And I don't, I don't need all the, the flitting of the, the, the yeah. different colors of people deleting and de- stop it. Like, I would almost prefer losing version control and just having to rewrite the whole fucking thing than have to deal with that than what you're talking about, where it's like words being changed. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. I just created a new document. I edited it on my own. I went back into the old document, cut, paste the entire thing back into it. Yeah. I would just rather prefer that. Because nobody, nobody actually remembers what they typed in. No! They don't remember. They're just I mean, trying, they're trying to, oh, I'm, I'm value add here. Look at me. I, there are some, oh, I would say that's another one of my overused terms, just to be clear. Now just that to be I, clear, I would say. Which yes, one? Both of those. <laughs> um, just to be clear. Just to be clear. Uh, Five dollars pe- to the person who knows that reference. Yes. Okay, move on. The the person who does remember what they track to their edits in probably is the smart person and they probably did have worthwhile contributions if they remember it. The person who's adding in Oxford commas, which is a blessing, I know. Oh, definitely add them in. Do not delete the Oxford yeah. comma. Add, add them in. Add them in, but are changing apostrophes and prepositions and bullshit around. That stuff, not value add. Don't remember that. So I know that is a very, that's all that, that to me, that is a very superficial uh, level of misery, but from a very professional perspective, that is what makes me crazy. And I think the more macro picture is the thing that you do, if someone comes in and snipes on it without, with less expertise than you have, that's a level of misery. Like, mm-hmm. But, oh, but you have to listen to them. You have to listen to them. Like if I walked into a surgical ward and I started telling 
the heart surgeon my opinion on something, okay, well, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, but the system is such that you have to play nice with me yeah. and listen to me. That surgeon would be like, fuck this. I'm out of here. I'm not working in this place. No. I, I'm super lucky in the fact I, – there's, there's like kind of a flip to that where I worked with this very senior level executive at Amazon who was really, really good at PR and message writing. And what would make me crazy is I would write this very well thought out statement and I would send it to him for a review and he would basically delete it and write like a two sentence version of it. And I was always like, damn it. That was better than what I wrote. And this guy's not even a comms professional. So that was not a level of misery, but it's definitely one in which you go. <laughs> I'm going to ask you one more question okay. before we move on to okay. uh, uh, closing up here. Okay. Uh, and what we're looking forward to. Okay. And the only reason I'm asking you one or more of these Proust questionnaire questions is this one's right up your alley. It has to be. If you don't have an answer for this one, then you need to go back to college Give them your degree. Oh, shit. And the question is, which historical figure do you most identify with? Oh, no. She's looking down. She sighed. She's thinking about it. I thought she'd have a ready-made answer for this one. So Ashley studied history. Pretty much all she re- reads is um, like historical nonfiction. Like, what do you call these, 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 these books where I, they're reimagining it's, it's, things it's that you can't ch- possibly know? It's a challenge because... There are historical figures that I love and have deep admiration for, but I don't necessarily identify with them. Like, I love Edgar Allan Poe. Love him. Ludwig, identify with him? I don't identify with him. Okay. Ludwig von De- Beethoven. Love him. Okay. But, well, that's not the question. Don't I identify. You, you love a lot, but, but like, Cersei? She was not a historical figure. She was... She was a mythological character. That's not a real person? She was not a real person. Really? I thought the lore about her might be, but was she not a real person? No. Oh. Okay. I I kind of think uh, this one's this one's a hard one because he's very controversial. But the one that I think I really identify with more than the others cuz this is what comes top of mind. He's so controversial, so it's I'm gonna get like all kinds of grief on this. Is Unipero Sarah? Wow. He, uh, for folks who don't know, he is the Franciscan monk who essentially created the California missions. Uh, yeah, I grew up with him, the mission in San Diego, and uh, all parks named after Sarah and. I'm pretty sure he was the inspiration for the Swingin' Friar mascot for the San Diego Padres. Yeah, he is very controversial in the fact that he was the one who really introduced the I introduced the missionary movement of indigenous Californians to become Catholics and brought them into the missions and it's thought forced religiosity religion on them and that one is uh unforgivable but how i relate because i so i i've read some of his writings and he he really actually did not believe in forcing religion upon the indigenous californians um 
he felt very strongly about bringing Catholicism to people and creating structures and setting up infrastructure. But in his writings, he felt very, he was very against uh, corporal punishment, against keeping them locked up in the missions. I think it was the later missionaries, the other religious figures. So he was a poor leader. People didn't follow his instruction. I mean, it was enough where he created the California mission system. He was on to the next mission, a day's walk away. And then they're like, in his wake, they're like, screw that guy. We're going to beat, beat, beat these here's, savages. Here's, here's why oh. I identify with him. And I think yeah, it's why... You haven't I, gotten to that part yet. Yeah, I think it's why <laughs> I identify with a lot of... Um, I mean, this is this is the real one. It's like, I, he, he was a communicator. He was a storyteller. He was a salesman. Mm-hmm. He was someone who went to a new world. He he wanted to travel the world. He let philosophy and religion take him to those places. I mean, places that no one had gone to before within his worldview. I mean, he was from southern Spain. And he he went to Baja and he was basically kind of given the freedom to go travel north as far north as he wanted to. And um I don't I don't think I relate to that in the fact that I'm not doing those things, but there was some there's something about his his compass, his view, his using philosophy and theology and his his love of learning that really took him to these places. And when you read his writings about how he created missions in certain locations, and when he looked at the natural beauty of those areas and he, I mean, and he talks a lot in detail about, you know, being in places like Carmel Valley and just how, how much he fell in love with the California coast. How could you not? How could you not? And so when you read his writings, you can see the world through his vision and and he's so poetic and he's so thoughtful and he's so fucking earnest that there's something when you read it, you can't but relate to that vision. Is there a good like bio- biography? Or yeah, account? I have it upstairs in our guest room. Oh. Uh, I'm I, don't, I don't sleep in the guest room. Something called, well, you could a couple of times. Uh, something like the that way a, of that light. That was a terrible. You that was a, that was you tried that tried to be like a burn, but you didn't really nail it. No, I didn't. He uh, it, it's a really great biography, and again, he's he's extremely controversial. Like I think a lot of a lot of historical figures are, and I'm I'm not gonna apologize for his legacy and in, in how indigenous Californians were treated because I truly do think it was genocide, and um, and I think the state of California has is a less rich place because we don't have that indigenous culture at at what it should have what it should be. Yeah. So I, I don't I want to make sure I'm like not being like, oh, I'm all about whatever. Cause that that part was bad. But when I think about him and his core beliefs and what he wanted to do and how he was so inspired by his mission um, I really felt it. Like I His really felt it in to my create core. Missions. He had a mission to create. I missions. know. And I, how I'm far not... north did he go? Just San Francisco. Uh, Sonoma. Sonoma. Okay. 
Well, actually, I'm trying to remember if he went there or if somebody else went there and created. But the mission, the, the north, northern The California missions mission. extend all the way up to Sonoma. And we've been okay. to that one. Um, so I I felt it. When I read his biography, I, I really felt it. Oh, the one that I also feel really connected to, and this is converse, but the same. Catherine the Great of Russia. Mm. That one was a fucking badass. I think I was her in a past life. She she was amazing, and I loved her. I love her, and I've read her biography multiple times. I can't get enough of her. I want to be her best friend. I'm glad you brought up this past life thing because I made a mention in my the card I wrote to you on your birthday mm. today is that, like, hey, whatever age you are, it's, it's irrelevant because, you know, uh, space-time continuum, past lives. Like, what yeah. What does it mean, this particular slice of existence on this particular Earth at this particular time? Don't get don't get wrapped up in an age. It, it's, it's a silly thing to do. Um, just a reminder, I just wanted to r- remind everybody that it's your birthday, and they should send all the five stars to Apple Podcasts. My birthday present. Exactly. Moving forward, what's something you're looking forward to? Maybe keep it more short term in the next week or two. What are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to going to the Nutcracker in a couple of weeks. Hmm. We haven't been a couple of years. Yeah, we haven't been a couple of years. It was a tradition that we had before COVID. We're going with some friends. We, we splurged and got some nice seats. I'm really looking forward to it. And it kind of feels a little bit like return, return to normalcy. Mm. It's a tradition. It's something I kind of benchmark Christmas against. And I think the Pacific Northwest Ballet Company's version of it is beautiful. And it's charming. And it feels good. And I like getting dressed up. Because <laughs> I'm a shallow human being. And I'm going to wear my plaid overcoat from Anthropology. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Oof. Probably that Nutcracker thing you were talking about. That sounds oh, great. Stop. You know what we should, <laughs> uh, what I think we should look forward to is making the Alton Brown fermented eggnog recipe and being able to drink that in two weeks. Oh, we got to do it now then. Yeah, we should do it. I mean, I'm not looking, that's, that's terrifying. We did it last year. I don't, I don't think I drank it. Oh, oh, you. I've become lactose intolerant oh, in my old Was age. I the only one who drank it? I don't think I trust it. And then it has so much booze in it. We're not going to give it oh, to the kids. Oh, it's got so much booze. That's so, that's what ferments it. Okay, so for whatever. fortifies so, it, I say. James fr- from London, one of our listeners, yes. James from London, uh, last year at work when we all asked each other what our favorite holiday traditions were. James said he's like I love the fermented eggnog recipe from Alton Brown and it, it it's got three it's got like brandy bourbon rum yeah I think rum is in there like I think. it's a it's a legit thing and you make it with God I mean I I think it's like sugar raw egg whatever and you stick it in your fridge and it stick you have to keep it in there for at least two weeks it can stay longer like it's got like no no expiration date and then the longer it stays in there the richer and the more robust the the flavors are and i remember we drank it and i was i was like this is delicious but this (laughs) 
this is like a really hearty can we cocktail get permission from listeners to replace a bottle of red wine one time with the fortified i'm gonna call it fortified you're calling it fermented it seems to me fortified with all that alcohol fortified eggnog james will definitely give five stars on that okay and i kind of i I wish there was a way where we could do like a recording where we could like interview James and then have him gives because he's Make got that happen. Okay, James, I'm coming at you, bro, mate, mate. That's what they say, <laughs> not bro, dude. No, yeah, Bella, you bell end. Bell end. You don't know what a bell end is? No. It's kind of a penis reference. Ew. Dick. No, I don't kind know like that. You dick. Well, I would never call James that. James is a really nice guy. I don't know James. He might be a bell end. James is lovely. <laughs> He's so, so many bell ends are very nicely, very lovely. He's Mancunian. I don't know what that means. He's from Manchester. They call him Mancunians. Yeah. From Manchester, you're a Mancunian. Yes. Ugh. Okay, I can't. I can't. This, this, you know what? This is going to open up the can of worms where you like tell me like you know like. Jizzy Jab is a is a nickname for Penelope, or like, oh, we called him Sonny, but that was a nickname for William. Like, what the fuck Craig. are you talking about? It was the nickname for Craig. Sonny is a nickname for Craig because he was the son of another Craig. Yeah, that's silliness. Well, he was son of another Victor. Okay, okay, I got. I, we're not we're not going down this road because this will rude. I did. I sounded Canadian, didn't I? Rude. We're not, we're not going to, we're not a boot to come go down this rude. Eh? Wait, I have no idea. That was not I good. I know. I know. We're going to end this. Yeah. Hey, so here's the deal. Love and tour. Here's the deal. I just did it. I just you did, it. did it. I did it. I did it. Here's the deal. Here's the thing. No, the deal. Here's I the, say deal. the deal. But what I would say. What I'm looking forward to, <laughs> what I'm looking forward to is we'll come back to you on Friday with a listener God, we haven't figured this out yet. Mailbox? Oh, because we've got comment, a good one. Listener... I got some good feedback yes. today, and We're... I got to do a shout-out. Okay, a little bit of a teaser here. We've got a good shout-out coming on Friday. We also are going to come back to you on some follow-up elements, and one of those follow-up elements is our hot Friday night in Sacramento, <gasps> California. Yeah. We haven't followed up on that because that was pre-Thanksgiving. That was a good night. We'll have we'll have hot Sacramento night. Ooh, we will have you were say something else. listener feedback and shout out and another bottle of wine in Let's a do it. in a shorty quickie thing on Friday. Okay. So, well thanks everyone for being here with me on my birthday. Yes, Hopefully happy I wasn't birthday, too Ashley. vulnerable. I don't like being vulnerable in front of people. Maybe that's my biggest personality flaw. <laughs> 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 nice therapy session. It was great. I know. Was this worth 200 bucks? All right. Good All night, right. y'all. Good night. Mwah.